0: you're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. Well, good morning. Good to be with you guys. If you've got a Bible, go ahead and open it up. We're in the book of Joshua. Over the next five weeks, we're going to be looking at different leaders within the, the story of Scripture. So it's going to be really, really I think, good for us. We're going to learn about leadership lessons, life lessons that will really apply to us. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, leadership and and specifically courage. And in order to do that, I felt like I wanted to meet uh, with all of the best and the brightest, most influential people in our church to talk to them about what leadership actually, actually looks like. So watch this video of the smartest and the brightest folks in our church. Check it out. Leadership is being kind. You're in a group and you're leading it. Leadership is just um, a nice thing to do. Follow Jesus. When someone is leading another person and taking responsibility. You have to follow the leader. A leader is polite, loving, and he cares about his other workers. Um, to kind of make a path for others, maybe. lead, like and especially at church, like, Honor. To tell people about God. They lead people to go do stuff. To help other people. She likes stand up for others. A leader is someone that's respectful for others, cares about others, and not just about himself. To be a leader, it takes courage, sacrifice, and other kind stuff. Man, we got a bright future, don't we? We really do. Well, hey, we're learning from the book of Joshua. Joshua brings us into this historical section of the Old Testament. So in your Bible, there's an Old Testament, New Testament, and we're going to learn about the life and the legacy of Joshua, specifically looking at courage and, and leadership. Uh, Joshua is being called to move the nation of Israel from, uh, Moses led them out of slavery, but Joshua going to lead them into the promised land. And so uh, Joshua is a pretty cool story. Um, kind of a, somebody who started from nothing. He literally was a, a slave when he was born, born into slavery. And God's going to call him way past bondage and into blessing. And so we're going to learn from the story of Joshua. Joshua's life is kind of covered in the story of Scripture. In the book of Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, and 2 Samuel, um, we see in the story of Scripture his leadership and his legacy. And so we're going to learn today just seven characteristics about courage. But in order to do so, I want to define leadership for you. I think it's important to have a definition in order to kind of grasp uh, 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 what we're talking about. So here's, here's the definition of leadership. Leadership is a leader takes initiative for the benefit of others. It's a leader taking initiative for the benefit of others. And every single one of us can do that. We really could take initiative to help somebody else. That, that's what a leader does. Um, the greatest example of leadership in our scripture is Jesus. Um, He took initiative for the benefit and the blessing of everybody else. Uh, So much so that he lays down his life so that we can have a relationship with God. A a leader takes initiative, and initiative is not passive. It's doing active something. And so here's a a phrase I want you to know as well. Every believer is a leader in, in some way or another. Every leader is a Is a, is a, every believer is a leader in some way or another. Let me give you a historical um, framework for this, a theological foundation for this just for a moment. How many of you guys ever remember the thing called the Protestant Revolution or maybe studied about it? Raise your hands. Uh, Those of you that know what I'm talking about, Protestant Revolution, it's when uh, it's the breaking away from the Catholic Church uh, and then created uh, the, Protestant denominations or Protestant movement. So Martin Luther is the famous uh, reformer, a German individual, very talented and gifted, and, and was able to understand the Hebrew languages, the Greek languages in the Old Testament, the New Testament. Hebrew is uh, in the Old Testament, Greek is in the New Testament. He could interpret this stuff. And what was going on during this time period, uh, several hundreds hundreds of years ago, was that the Catholic Church was holding, in a sense, the leadership just for the Catholic Church. And so this concept right here, every believer is a leader in some way or another, would have been seen as heresy um, back then. But what Martin Luther said is, "Excuse me, Church. I've read the scriptures in the Old Testament. In Exodus, when God called all believers to be part of a priesthood of all believers, a priesthood, a royal priesthood, that they we don't you don't need a a, a pope or a priest to get access to God. Um, believers were called to this special position in life. In the New Testament, we see that." Crystal clear in the first in first Peter, second Peter, and whatnot, and uh, Luther expounded this and explained this much clearly to the church leaders and said basically, every believer is a leader and has literally an endowed power by God to do something great and can access God without a pastor, without a priest, without a pope, you have that authority, you have that access and so when I say every believer is a leader in some way or another, I mean it. And, and I mean it's a theological grasp that you have to get. If you're a single mom with a kid and you're like, I don't, I don't lead anybody. Yeah, you do. You lead them. If you're at work and you've got employees and you are hired by your boss and no one's underneath you, you still have leadership influence on your other coworkers around you. If you are the boss and you have employees, you absolutely have a higher level of leadership. If, if, if you're a doctor, if you're a nurse, if you're an accountant, if you're a tech person, a real estate person, you have leadership influence. Every believer is a leader in some way or another. Um, some of you have leadership and you're leading people in the wrong direction. You got to lead them in the right direction. Uh, years ago, when I was uh, lost and didn't know Jesus, I remember uh, uh, I was leading a lot of people astray. I was the kid that organized all the bad things that you shouldn't do at school and uh, at church. And, and the, anytime if I walked into a church, literally the youth pastor would be like this. Um, hey, bud, will you go visit that kid right over there? Watch him. Because I could organize and orchestrate all sorts of trauma and drama all along the way. Um, when I came to faith in Christ, I remember my dad was walking around and he would introduce me to people when I'd been out of town for a long time. He'd say, this is my son. He used to uh, r- uh, run with the devil, but now he's walking with the Lord. And, and, and the reality is, is that you are a leader. If you're 15, you've got somebody younger than you that's looking up to you. If you're 50, you've got somebody younger than you that's looking up to you. It doesn't matter w- what you think of yourself. Oftentimes we think of leadership as uh, something that you have to go to school for. Y- you need to be super intelligent. You need to be charismatic. You need to be able to communicate very clearly or pontificate and say things that are clever and cool. Or you need to have a stage where you could lead people from. But the truth of the matter is, is Jesus said, you're a leader when he said, go and make disciples of all nations. Kind of a big deal. Uh, go and make disciples, teaching them, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You've got, you've got power in your identity of who you are. In fact, the apostle Paul said, you were created you were actually formed and fashioned in your mother's womb with a destiny and a purpose and a power and a plan. And the apostle Paul said, you were created for good work. You have a leadership influence everywhere you go, every person you see. And so Jesus has called you to that. He said that you are to be a light to the whole world. Leaders know the light. Leaders are the light. Believers are those leaders. We are supposed to help not just respond to culture, but to create the culture in our world around us. And so every believer is a leader in some way or another. We need to live with courage if we're going to be a leader. And so what is courage? Courage is what I'm calling is the ability to face fear and adversity, to do something and do something about it. Courage is not just... uh, Claiming you're a Christian but doing nothing. Courage is not just coming to church and just sitting there and say, I'm a courageous Christian, but you do nothing. It's like you're all bark but no bite. Um, Courage is something that you're able to face a fear. And don't we have a lot of fear in our culture today right now? And what's needed in in the church perhaps more than ever is courage. Courage. And we're going to learn about Joshua as a case study to see what that looks like. So Joshua uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, I'll read it, and then I'll explain more of the details as we go, and then give you seven characteristics about courage and what that looks like. So let's just jump right in. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, he's a servant of the Lord, Moses is, he died. The Lord said, this is God speaking to Joshua, Moses' protege, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Definitive, life-changing moment. The nation of Israel, perhaps 2 to 2.5 million people are looking for a leader. And who's the leader? Joshua is. Now, therefore, go arise over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Israel is a a nation. Israel needs a land. You can't be a very good nation without a land. You need land. Moses couldn't get there. Joshua is the man to take him to this promised land. But look what it said, go over this Jordan. That means cross that river. But how are you going to go over it if it's a big river? God's going to part it. Just like he did the Red Sea, he's going to do something incredible for Joshua. Verse 3 Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. This is good news. Joshua's leading his people into the promised land. Verse 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. If I was Joshua, I'd be discouraged because Moses was like a mentor, a father figure to Joshua. Uh, Joshua was born into slavery, didn't have a perhaps a, a, a strong family structure, and Moses is a strong, powerful leader, and God did ma- magnificent miracles with him. This is the man who uh, uh, received the Ten Commandments that I would believe and is kind of the formation for all beliefs in all civilizations at some level or another. The legacy of Moses still is ripple-affected into our world, even to this day, tremendously. He created. He, he formed the law, heard the law from God, forms a covenant with the nation of Israel, then moves forward and builds a tabernacle, but he never gets to go to the promised land. Why? Moses had anger issues. Moses was a man who uh, trusted God, but had some issues, and God's going to use his, his protege, Joshua. And the Lord says to Joshua, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Continuing on, he says, "'I will not leave you or forsake you. "'Be strong and courageous, "'for you shall cause this people to inherit the land "'that I swore to their fathers to give to them.'" Verse seven, "'Only be strong and very courageous, "'being careful to do according to all the law of Moses "'my servant commanded you. "'Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, "'that you may have good success wherever you go.'" Notice that word, success. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Again, that word success. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You might have noticed in that passage how many times, like God said, be strong and be courageous. You and I, when we're not feeling very courageous, you know what we need? Encouragement is what we need. We need somebody to encourage us to be courageous. And so I think there's seven characteristics of what courage looks like. Um, First, number one, that courage uh, often arises in the midst of a crisis, you know, you know and I know that oftentimes when there's a crisis in life, somebody usually steps up to the plate. And in those crisis moments, uh, this is where leadership is often displayed. Um, Moses is dead. The leader that, that, that formed the covenant law, the Ten Commandments, the leader that um, led the people out of bondage from Pharaoh in Egypt is dead. And there's a crisis, a national crisis, a massive crisis of leadership, and Joshua is the one who's being commanded by the Lord to be courageous. You and I are going to be challenged to display our courage and to face fear and adversity and then do something, especially in the moment of a crisis, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job. Uh, the change up of, of, of perhaps uh, some situation or circumstance, something happens in your life and those crisis moments are actually courage moments that God wants to use in and through you to do something great. Some of you don't feel like you can rise to the level of leadership that God wants you to do because you don't feel qualified. Qualified. There's a number of folks in our church that are new believers, and I just talked to them after the service, and I said, hey, why don't you take ownership in this church? You need to, you need to rise to the occasion at this moment in time because this church needs you. And here's the response I get. Well, I'm new, and I, I just don't know, if I, you know, I don't know if I feel like I, 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 uh, I fit in quite good enough, or I feel like maybe I uh, don't have the proper skills. Here's a, here's a word for all of you who feel like that. God doesn't call the qualified. He actually qualifies all those whom he calls. Joshua was not qualified. I mean, sure, he had a great mentor, but he had a mentor that was kind of a messy lifestyle. Moses had anger issues. Moses stuttered. He couldn't talk very clearly. And God, he tried to get out of the leadership calling. And God says, no. Moses, be quiet. You're going to do what I say to do. And Moses gets with the program. And God displays great success in his leadership. Uh, Joshua is about to do the very same thing, but here's what God says to him. You need to have courage. You need to be strong. You, this is the moment in time. And some of you, in a midst of a crisis, you can buckle and cower with fear, or you can rise to the occasion. And you can just do what you know you can do. Sometimes you're doing more than you thought you could do. And I'll tell you why, because God's on your side. Courage often arises in the crisis. When Moses was dead, there was a crisis. And God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies all those whom he calls. That's the cool thing about God. He can take ordinary people and do extraordinary kind of things. You you are that person. Your workplace needs you to display a new level of courage that perhaps you didn't have before. Um, There is more blessing. There is more opportunity out there, I assure you, in God's kingdom than you're actually taking a hold of. And God's kingdom is God's rule and his reign in all the earth. So there's kingdom territory in your workplace. There's kingdom territory at your home life. There's kingdom territory through our community. And you can access that and expand that. And here's what's an interesting note. Did you know that the promised land that God promised was actually 300,000 square miles? Do you know how much Joshua actually took hold of? only, he only took a hold of, and I made sure to do my my notes, he only took a hold of about 30,000. That's only 10%. Here's my point is, in the midst of a crisis, God has an incredible opportunity, probably far beyond your wildest dreams, but the question is, is will you rise to the challenge? And when you see your crisis, are you going to cower or are you going to decide to live a life with courage? Some of you are in a crisis right now. You're in a relational crisis. You're in a family crisis. You're in a financial crisis. And your option as a Christian is just one. It's to go face that crisis with a tremendous courage. And so you have to embrace this reality that God has called us to a life of faith, not a life of fear and that we're going to have to do something about it. Number two, I want to share another characteristic, is courage calls us to confront the challenges within the culture. So uh, for Joshua, he had to uh, deal with the issues of the Canaanites. The Canaanites were wicked people. Um, they hated uh, the God of Israel. The Canaanites were twisted uh, people that... Uh, Joshua was called to conquer. Uh, The Canaanites, God uh, had given uh, grace and opportunity for repentance and change, and they didn't do it. The Canaanites were into bestiality, homosexuality, incest, uh, pedophilia, and then child sacrifice. And they had a pretty strong army. And in fact, one time when Moses sent out some people to spy out the promised land, a bunch of people came back and said, no, there's no way we're going to be able to take up that territory, that land that God promises. Those people are like giants and we're nothing but like little grasshoppers. And so they were afraid. And Joshua had a cultural crisis where he knew he'd have to confront an entirely different culture. Um, how many of you are, are confronters that you you're, you're kind of like naturally good at confronting tough situations? You, you just could. You're, you're okay with conflict. Raise your hand. All my conflict creators and livers. Okay, good. Um, conflict can be a very good thing. Um, if you have too much conflict, it's very unhealthy, right? You've seen those kind of people. They just like are walking tornado everywhere they go. They're like creating a firestorm. They're blowing through things and destroying things because they're constantly creating conflict. Then you have your other people over here that they just don't they don't they don't want any conflict, like zero. So they will be quiet. They won't say a single word, and then everything's fine. Put on your Christian face. No, we're good. And then in your mind, you're like, oh, this is terrible. This is, I, I can't stand living like this. The people that live in this corner are very, very sad. The average person that's stuck in an abusive relationship, the average, even Christian, will stay in that abusive relationship for years because they're afraid to face the conflict and have courage. See, there's a healthy amount of conflict that you have to have. you Say the world's not as it should be. So I'm going to create the change. Um, courage is something that you and I are going to have to face increasingly in our culture. Um, we live in an anti-Bible. We live in an anti-Christian. We live in an anti-moral uh, uh, and ethical Christian value system in today's culture. We are not post-modern. We are post-Christian in America. And, and so your uh, acceptance into culture is increasingly diminishing. And so your popularity as a Christian will be on Sundays, but not on Monday. And if you can't stand for Christ on Monday, Jesus says, can you really stand with me at all? And so I'm here to warn you and to challenge you and to encourage you. And is that possible? I I think it is. I had a youth pastor who said, my style of leadership is... to to take the rough kids and, and put my arm around them and give them a big hug and then just punch them in the gut. Not physically, not literally. But we need to be challenged that our culture is changing and you as a Christian will need to grow in this thing called courage if you're to live a life of faith. So what does that look like? It means that it takes courage to stay stay in love. It takes courage to stay committed to a job. It takes courage to commit to loyalty. It takes courage to say, I'm giving my Sundays to God and I'm not going to go do something else. I'm dedicating that day to do that because you'll be mocked on Saturday or whatever, and you'll, be, you'll have a competition over lord 's day it takes courage to draw moral boundaries and say, "You know what i can't do that you're pressing me too far. It takes courage in a relationship to say i don't ha- i can't do that i'm not participating in that I'm, I, I, It takes courage to stay pure. it takes courage to say no it takes courage to say Yes, God, I will It takes courage to say, Count me in it takes courage to say i'm sorry it takes courage to say." I will do whatever you ask me to do, God. It takes courage to be a Christian. And so courage calls us to confront the challenges that we're in. And some of you have, you see bad issues that are going on in your family. You see bad things that are going on in your workplace. You see bad things going on. And so my question is, is what are you doing about it? Well, I pray about it? Well, you need to do more than Pray. You need to do something. Courage, by very definition, as I said before, it's, it's, it's the ability to face a fear and adversity, but then go do something about it. We're going to have increased uh, challenges in our culture, and you as a Christian community are going to have to do something about it. I could be hit by a Mack truck on the way out of church today, and my prayer would be, is that the church would just continue to thrive and go on. And I think it would, but it would be led by courageous people. That's who would take the leadership, the courageous people. But what if our courage level at this church is say it's at 50%? 50% of the believers here are very courageous. They're living a courageous life. They're doing what God said to do. They're going to rise to the occasion in the crisis. What if 50% of our people were like that? Well, what I'm saying is, is let's move that number to 60, to 70, to 80%. What if that? Here's what would happen. People would make a greater influence in the the lives of all their friends and their family. They wouldn't be afraid to address the conflict as much because they'd say, you know what? This is worth it. This is important. I'm going to do that. They wouldn't let the church fall behind in apathy. They'd get others to get involved. They'd say, you know what, I'm going to give from my business and my earnings, and I'm going to invest it for kingdom purposes. They'd continue the ministries, they'd continue the missions at this church. And so, so many people are afraid to get engaged in ministry or in missions or in the Christian life because of fear. And I studied what are the seven most, uh, what are the seven fears of the most successful people in the world? And you know what the number one fear is of the most successful people, is actually the fear of failure. It's afraid they're going to fail. Actually, I'd say my greatest fear is that this church would fail. If it failed, I'd probably run to the mountains of Colorado for about a month and just hide and recover and be like, God, that was, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so ashamed it failed. And I've got plenty of friends that have started churches and the churches fail. Usually they fail within the first five years. This church is doing good. It's moving forward. I'm excited about that. But my other, my, my other fear and even greater fear would be is like, what if my marriage failed? That'd be terrible. I wouldn't spend a month in Colorado. I'd probably spend three or four in the summertime. Some of you guys would say, well, don't come back. Stay out there. The fear of failure. Some of us aren't getting engaged in leadership and, and and jumping into courageous things of life because we're afraid of failure. Some of you are afraid of rejection. Some of you are afraid to look foolish or be criticized. Some of you are afraid of getting old. Some of you are afraid of offending others. Some of you are afraid of not having enough money. I hear that from time to time. Well, I don't want to give because if I give, I have to trust that God is going to provide. Oh, maybe that's why I should give. <laughs> I got to trust God. So courage calls us not only to confront the challenges, it calls us to do something. Number three, courage calls us to do the impossible, to do the things that are impossible, the things that you can't do. I remember when we started the church and some people early on just said, man, you guys are making a lot of changes too fast. You could could, uh, just crushed this church. And some of the changes, one of them was, our name was Imago Day Community Church. It's a Latin phrase. We named it down in Dallas, Texas, when my wife and I were in seminary at the time. And it was just a Latin phrase. And everybody thought we were like, uh, they thought we were a Spanish church. And so they're coming wanting to know Spanish. And I'm like, I don't speak Spanish. And they're like, well, the name is kind of like a Spanish church. Another person came, they thought it was a mosque. And I was like, no, we're not a mosque. We're Jesus Church. Another person thought we were a deli and called us Imago Deli. So we changed the name of the church and then we moved from Barry Goldwater High School to the Harkins Theater. We changed the service times. We added another service and then we started a capital campaign. Oh, and then raised hundreds of thousands of dollars in eight weeks. And people told us, you are crazy to do that. You're rocking the boat. And I told our critics, I said, we don't rock the boat at North Valley. We flip the boat and pray we can walk on water. And that is the lesson of the Christian life. You're gonna have to learn how to walk on water from time to time. How are you gonna do that? Jesus. God, this is impossible. Jesus said it like this with man, nothing is possible. Nothing's possible. With God, all things are possible. The Apostle Paul said that that he could do all things through Christ who gives him strength. See, you and me have something as a Christian that not everybody in the world has. We have a supernatural access to a supernatural power. We have, uh, when we pray, we can even summon the sense of the power and the security of the angelic realm and the spiritual realm to come and do war on our behalf. And the success comes when we look to the book and we pray for God to do things that give not us glory, but Him glory. That's where we see the miracles start to happen. And courage calls us to do the impossible. And every time you feel like you are in over your head, just ask God, God, what do you think about this? And I believe the Holy Spirit will minister to you in that moment and say, I want you to just take one more step. Or he could say, I want you to get some help so you're not alone. Or I'm with you. Be strong and be courageous. See, you got this thing called the Christian life that I'm just trying to help you to live it out. I do believe that the best life is the Christian life. You you won't find a better life in any other realm or fashion. You're going to be your happiest. You're going to be when you're the holiest. That's the truth. You're going to be the happiest when you're the holiest. And you're going to have to learn how to live a courageous life, not a coward's life. A coward turns their back on conflict and lets an abusive relationship go on far too long. A coward will quit when the times get tough, not a person of courage. A courage will confront the conflict, and if they can't do it alone, they'll go get somebody to help them. See, Joshua trusted God for the impossible things, He was not as qualified as Moses. He didn't have the leadership reputation that Moses did. He didn't meet with God on Mount Sinai and get the Ten Commandments. He was just an assistant. He wasn't a powerful leader, he was just an assistant. Some of you are assistant managers or assistants at your job position. Well, you're a leader to God. Some of you are just working on a base level, or maybe you're you're retired, or maybe whatever. You're still a leader. Some of you don't even have a job, and you kind of wish you did. You're still a leader. Courage is going to call you to do the impossible. I pray that you guys do some impossible things in your life. Number four, courage is a key to succeed in all of life. The greatest leaders take risks. The greater the risk, the greater the what? Let me try that again. The greater the risk, the greater the what? reward. Same thing goes with God. You want to make some improvements in your life? Take little steps. You want to make some big improvements in your life? Take a big step. Courage is that thing that helps you to take those steps. It's the ability to face a fear and to overcome adversity, but do something about it. I thought it was really interesting in Joshua 1.8, I hadn't looked at it like this before um, when I was studying it this week, but that word success is mentioned twice. And in American culture, we're obsessed with success. We all want to be successful. We want a successful job. We want a successful marriage. We want a successful education. We want to be successful people. Is it wrong to want success? No. But if you're using it all for your glory, it is. But is there a Christian success? Yes, there is. What does that look like? It means being obedient and being holy to doing what God's called you to do. Um, Look at verse 8 in your Bibles. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So successful people take steps of courage. They they move forward in life, and they're going to understand they're going to take risks. Joshua had big risk. He could have denied God and said, "I'm not going to lead these people into the Promised Land. I've seen the Canaanites; those are wicked, evil people. I'm not going to do that." But God blessed his his uh, leadership. He took that step of faith, and he succeeded. Courage is a key to success in your Christian life. You want a successful marriage? Be courageous. Confront the issues that you're dealing with. You want a successful business life? Use your courage and improve yourself. Improve the company. Do whatever it takes to deal with it and overcome any fear, any adversity that you face and say, I'm doing it for the glory of God. God wants a better business. God wants a better marriage. God wants a better life for you. The question is, is will you take the steps of courage to go do it? Number five, courage is something that we can learn from others. Joshua learned from Moses. You can learn it from others. Uh, Multiple times throughout the scripture, we see that Joshua was the assistant to Moses. And when God's presence would meet with Moses in the tent, it said that Joshua was just standing right there by. When Moses was up at Mount Sinai, Joshua was down at the bottom just making sure everything's all right, and it didn't go all right down there. But Joshua's the one who assisted Moses, and so he learned from others that when I first came into the Phoenix Valley, I met with a number of what I would call successful pastors in the valley. I'll name a few. Um, Sandy Mason of, of Desert View Bible Church. I wanted to meet with him. He went to the same seminary I did, uh, uh, Desert uh, View Bible Church. And uh, he had started the church and pastored it for 15, 20 years. I met with another guy, uh, Tom Schrader, uh, East Valley Bible Church, who's now passed on and is with the Lord. He came and preached here one time. He, he started the church and pastored it for some 30 years Met with Don Wilson one day. I drove him onto the campus and showed him the campus, and I said, Don, God's used you in an incredible way for evangelism and leadership in our valley. What do you think about the campus? And he said, this is one of the best campuses I've ever seen in, in, the, in the state of Arizona. You've got an incredible opportunity. I hope you lead your people well. Um, I, I met with another guy. Um, I'm trying to think of the guy's name right now. Obviously, he, he doesn't mean a lot to me, but no, I'm joking, he does. Um, can't remember the guy's name, but anyway, my point is saying is I met with these leaders, asked them a key question, and the key question was, what's the story of your success? And they all said, long-term commitment. Staying with it, not giving up. Stay after it. My challenge to you is, would you stay after it? <laughs> stay after whatever it is that God's called you to do, and trust him that he, he can bring success. He can do the impossible. Just stay with it. We need perseverance pressed down into our lives. And and that's something that God can do in and through us. And sometimes we need to learn from others. If there's other people in your business or in in the marriage community, look to them, get help, do whatever it takes to learn from others. Number six, courage comes from knowing and living out God's word. This is exactly what uh, God had said. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, meaning you better keep after it. The more confident I am is usually because I'm convinced that Scripture tells me I'm okay. When Martin Luther, the famous reformer, he was held before the Catholic Church, and they said, basically, we could put you to death if you don't recant and change your views and your accusations against the Catholic Church and the corruption of that day and time, he said, no way. I'm not recanting. I'm not denying any of the things that I've said against the Catholic Church, and here's why, because I'm convinced otherwise from the Holy Scriptures, So what's your authority? Where does your confidence come from? Does it come from just the the latest ideas of our times, or does it come from the clarity of Scripture? Because for Joshua, his confidence came from God's Word. That's why the Lord said, Joshua, don't let this Book of the law, depart from your mouth. Meaning, like, you ought to be speaking about me. You ought to be telling people about me. Like, never in your mouth should you ever forget, like, where you came from. You remember you were a slave. I brought you out of bondage and I'm bringing you into a greater blessing. Don't ever let that go. For you, you better hold on to God's word and it ought to be displayed in your speech, in your life, in everything that you do. Some of you don't read the Bible, read the Bible. If you want the greatest, deepest truths of all of life, go to the Bible. If you want some simple, practical truth, just how to make it through Monday, go to the Bible. The Bible's got what you need. God's Word is the base for the bountiful, the courage that you need. Number seven, courage comes with an increased sense of God's presence. The most powerful Christian leaders that have ever done any great work in our world sense God's presence was strongly with them. The early church, uh, Jesus told them, go to Jerusalem and you will receive a power and the power of the Holy Spirit will be upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And ever since that time, the Holy Spirit's promise is for you that he's with you. That's why God said to Joshua, hey, guess what? Just as I was with Moses, I'm with you. You and me have far more of uh, God's spirit access into our lives because we are permanently indwelled with the Holy Spirit. That means God's taken up a residence in your life, that there's nowhere you can go from his power and his presence. The question is, is just do you access it? Are you aware of God's presence in your life? How do you become aware? I think sometimes you have to silence the noise and get still and remember that God's right there with you. So here's what I want to challenge you to do because we all need to do something if courage really is the ability to face a fear, adversity, and then go do something about it. Two things for North Valley 2021. I'll say this over and over again. I'll just package it up and say it in a different way. But for this church, if this is your church, this is the place that you love, two things are critical for us. Number one is that we all need to give a little more time And then secondly, is that we need to give a lot more witness. I say time because time is something that we cherish more than anything. And I get it. I cherish my time with my family. I cherish my time uh, uh, with, with just alone and being able to process. But this church needs to grow in giving a little more time, but then secondly, a lot more witness. And so I want to challenge you to do that for 2021. Um, The best way that you can belong and part of this uh, church community is getting getting involved. Don't don't sit on the sidelines. It doesn't take courage to come to church, to sit there, to grasp a great message, listen to some great worship music, maybe sing along, clap your hands a couple of times, and then watch everybody serve and say see you later. That doesn't take courage. What takes courage is to say I feel so unqualified. I don't know if I could really serve or not, but I'm going for it. And here's what's going to happen. You'll f- grow in a sense of ownership, and this will be your church. Not Pastor Ryan's church. Forget that. It's your church. And, and, and then we all have ownership, and then we all feel like we belong a little bit better, and here's what I promise you. You're going to feel better about yourself, and you're going to make others feel better too. Uh, We've got folks in this church that sit around for three services just to say hi to you. We've got people that give uh, everything that they could possibly financially give just to make sure everything's going to go good. Here's my encouragement. Be one of those people. Go make a big difference. You've never been to Mexico? Come to Mexico. You've never been on a missions team or a ministry team? Join one. If you're 15 or you're 50 plus, come. This is your church. And it's going to take courage in 2021 for us to do this. We all need to give a little more time and a lot more witness. That means just speaking up and speaking out about your faith. Go make an influence for Jesus Christ on Monday. Don't just shake hands and wave to everybody and smile and say, God bless you on Sunday. Go do it on Monday. Monday is your day to shine. When you wake up tomorrow morning, get out get on your knees and say, God, today, this is the day that you have made. I'm going to rejoice. I'll be glad in it. And I'm going to share and show the love of Christ. Anybody comes along my way. And how do you be a witness? You simply share what you've seen God do. If you get into a car accident and you're sitting there and the police comes and the police say to you, are there any what? Witnesses. And then the witness says, "Yes, I saw the car crash, a blue car hit the red car. I saw that. That's exactly what I saw. And then witness number two, what did you see? Yeah, I agree. I saw a blue car hit the red car. that's what I saw what happened. As a Christian, here's what it looks like. Here's what I've seen God do. I, I, I don't know for you, but this is what I've seen in my life, is I've seen God work in my life, in my marriage, in my church. I'm, I'm seeing God do some cool things. That's a witness. You're called to courage, ladies and gentlemen. You're not called to cower. You will be blessed as you lean towards your heavenly father and trust him to do greater works in the coming days ahead. Let me pray. Heavenly father, I thank you so much for your blessing and your power and your ministry in our church. I pray, God, that we would take action and do something great uh, Monday and this coming day, whatever it is that you're laying on the hearts of individuals, I pray that We would do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give today at northvalleychurch.org.